up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Hello everyone and welcome to Matt Spectro to the Multiverse. I'm your host Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan. And you've reached the podcast that talks comic books and talks animation. Welcome to officially the Halloween episode of Matt Spectro. Through the multiverse. Happy Halloween, everyone. I'm going to explain the rules, and we're going to bring our guests and start the tricks and treats. Rule number one, comics, animation, and Halloween. That's what we're talking about. Rule number two, I'm a big fan of old team-up comic books. Marvel team-up, DC Comics presents. So this is a team-up podcast. Every week, I'm joined by a special guest. We team up and talk comics. We talk animation. Rule number three, and most important, we got to have fun. Let's bring my guest out right now. He's my former podcasting tag team partner. Welcome to the multiverse and wish a happy, healthy Halloween to one and only Julian Star. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 How's everyone doing? I almost sang that song. (laughs) (laughs) I, I liked your song. I haven't heard that song since I was... Oh, Jesus, I was a kid. Uh, I don't even remember. I, we used to have, like, I think a VHS. But uh, what cartoon is that now? That's uh, from a Mickey Mouse That's, Halloween cartoon yes. that my daughter watches. But I think it's older than the one she watches. Okay. All right. Yeah. The, the, uh, that song, oh, I no, definitely. Wait a no, it's from an old. I got to confuse. Yeah, it's an old Halloween Disney cartoon from, like, the 30s. Yes. <laughs> yes. I We used to have, like, a VHS or something like that. And... I loved watching. I need to find it now. I need to look it up. Would it be on Disney? It's on Disney Plus. It's a it's a Donald Duck uh, cartoon. Yes, yes, it is. All right, I need to watch that probably before I go to bed. Well, happy uh, welcome to the official Halloween episode of Mad Spectro through the Multiverse. Thank you for having me. Uh, per usual, uh, you know that we have used to have a podcast together, and uh, it's always exciting to have reunions and get back together so we can shoot the she is it and um since it's halloween i ask every guest and i don't think you've ever done a halloween episode before what is your favorite either horror film horror franchise or just halloween special okay easy enough favorite franchise is uh nightmare on elm street freddy krueger franchise (sighs) out of all of those i actually really like is it Night- Nightmare on Elm Street, the new Nightmare, the last? It's basically the last one of the series. Well, no, the remake was the last one. In the series. Well, you know what I mean. If I don't count the remake, just with Robert England, I would say that that one is my fave. And it's probably because, like, I think that was my introductory. Like, that, yeah, it was. It was my introduction to Freddy Krueger and, and horror movies in general and all that stuff. And uh, so I watched it on repeat when I was a kid. And then over time, like I got to watch all the other ones because parents weren't going to rent old movies. So I had to wait till I could gain access to all of it. But yeah, those are my favorite ones. Why in the subject? What, no, I think I said why in the subject while on the subject, what do you think is the worst nightmare on Elm street movie? Oof. Um, you know what? I really don't like three. What? I don't like Dream. I don't like Dream Warriors. I love. I, God, I love Dream. I argue Dream Warriors might even be the best in the series. Do you know why I hate it so much? Because it's so ridiculous. Like I don't know. It's so like with a wizard and like I don't know. It's just so ridiculous to me. It's so ridiculous to me. It like it felt too. And this is gonna sound crazy, knowing how the movie is. 
it felt too fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know he goes into your dreams and kills you and all that stuff, but like, it just, I don't know. It just felt too, like it was, it was falling off the beaten path, the path that I like to walk. So I don't know. It just didn't feel, didn't feel like a Freddy movie. It felt like a fantasy. I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to get this across, but it just it had something to do with the, the, the good guys having like powers as well. If that makes sense. With a dream warrior. <laughs> I think that's why I like watching the ones with quote unquote Heather Langing. I can't even say her last name. Langing camp. I can't. I think it's Lang camp. Lang camp. Is that how it is? Uh, I so. That's why I like watching hers because it's not like she ever has any powers or anything. Like she is a helpless person. Even in the first one, like they're all just helpless teens and helpless people trying to get away from this slasher. That's, that's scary. But when you are like, I can control my dreams and I can fight back and I can do this. And I can, uh, it's just something like, ugh, all right. I'm like I'd argue that part six, Freddy's dead is, is the worst in the series. Freddy's dead. Man, Mike, I, you know, my, you know, my memory is, uh, it's bad. So I need to, you know, it's the one in the last 10 minutes are in 3d and. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That movie is pretty bad. Uh, you're right. That movie's pretty bad. I wish I knew. I, I'll probably have to look up why. Because something had to have gone. Like, how could you start out writing movies so well and then they just like start to fall apart? Well, I mean, there's different factors. It's not always the same creative team. Studios get more involved when something's successful. Um, you know, we got to include this. We got to include that. We got to. You got to do this in there because we can make a music video for this. Or this actress is like my agent's best friend's brother. So you got to put her. Yeah. All this, uh, you, Politics. Once something starts to be successful, you get a lot of uh, a lot of chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> you would know. You made a wrestling promotion successful, and then that happens. But uh, before we get to our Halloween episode, we've got some trivia. No. Damn it! Thought I avoided it. You chummed me up too. You didn't, you didn't come out the gate with it. You were just like, hey, what's going on? How's your life? And then you surprised me. Well, everyone knows I do a trivia with every guest now, but Julian is where this all started. Yeah. He, the originator of trivia. He was like, who's this dumb guy? Doesn't know a thing? This will be a piece of cake. So, and anybody who doesn't know, Julian and I used to host a wrestling podcast. So every trivia with Julian is comic book and wrestling related at the same time. <laughs> this one's special. I think, I could be wrong, but I think you might get all of these right. We, I've got four questions for you, and I, I think you're going to get at least 50%, if not all. You're giving me too much credit. The theme is wrestling gimmicks that have something to do with comic books and their origin. Wrestling gimmicks that have something to do with comic books and their origin. Okay. I'm going to name the comic character or comic situation that led to the circumstances. And you have to guess the wrestler that I'm talking about. Okay. We're going to do question one is the easiest one. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> you, you, your buildups make this 10 times worse for me, by the way. Like I'm legitimately anxious. I feel like I'm in school taking tests again. Okay, go ahead. Question one, this former WWE wrestler, his gimmick originated from a segment on Monday Night Raw that revolved around his Green Lantern tattoo. Okay. Uh, that is the Hurricane, Shane Helms. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I, okay. At the time, he was just the Hurricane, but I had to show people that my wrestling knowledge, you know, be, be a true mark. That is correct. The Hurricane, Shane Helms. All stem from him having a Green Lantern tattoo. That's like crazy. It's just like, we have nothing for you. Oh, you like that person? All right, we'll just make you a superhero. Which is a legit thing. He is a comic book fan, so they didn't. Yeah. That's not a matter. All right, all right. One for one. I told you you're going to do all good. Right, all right, all right. You're making me feel confident now. Question two. This popular 80s wrestler, Marvel Comics, Felt his name was so similar to one of their characters, they owned his trademark for a long time, got 0.9% of his merchandise and $100 every time he wrestled. Who is this professional wrestler? 
Holy crap. There's only one person that comes to mind. Is it Hercules? <laughs> oh, my God. The person who he was similar to was the Marvel character, the Incredible Hulk. Don't tell me it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes, it's oh the real American God. himself. Come on. You know what? I said Hulk Hogan at the top of my brain, and I said, no, it can't be him. And I was like, Hercules, though. He couldn't call himself Incredible Hulk Hogan anymore. He could not wear green and purple. And Marvel got $100 for every match he had in point. Nine percent of his merchandise sales. Jesus, I didn't know that. Thing is, Marvel ended up screwing up. The rumor is that they had to offer Hogan to sell the name back after a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and they did not do that. So I believe Hogan didn't actually have to pay to get his name back, the trademark back, when oh. he finally got it back. That's wild. One for two. Uh, <laughs> they get oh. harder as we go. So I don't know. Oh, you made me a little nervous. <laughs> you made me nervous. <laughs> This popular 80s tag team got their name from a DC Comics supervillain group that would fight the Super Friends. Holy shit. I thought you were going to give me a name, and I was like, yes, all right. I didn't watch a lot of the Super Friends. Uh, I didn't actually like cartoons like that when I was a kid. Um, We're looking for a tag team. I know. I'm trying to think of 80s teams here. We have Killer Bees. They were, I, I will say, 80s, and their popularity carried over into the 90s as well. Okay. Man. Oh, man. I, uh, I have to throw out. Uh, wait. Demolition? Oh, you're so close. <laughs> no, don't tell me it's Legion of Doom. <laughs> My brain keeps changing my answer last minute. Meanwhile, the Legion of Doom. Oh, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> you saying yes. that. They even said that Hawk and Jake the Snake have both confirmed this story that they got their name watching the Super Friends fight the Legion of Doom. That's fucking. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, boy. All right. We got to get you 50% and then we got the hardest question. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Are you ready? No. But shoot. <laughs> <laughs> this early 90s WCW wrestler was very short lived due to the fact that Marvel felt that he was so much like Spider Man that they threatened a lawsuit. What? WCW. Early WCW? Early 90s. Early 90s. Very short-lived gimmick. They reason the gimmick stopped. Marvel felt it was so close to Spider-Man that they threatened a lawsuit. Oh, my God. Hailing from Web City. <laughs> this can't be right. Uh... I'm going to give you a hint if you don't get it right. All right. I. You know what? I don't, I'm just going to throw out a name. You know why? Because I didn't watch WCW in the 90s. I didn't watch WCW at all. I still haven't even gone back to watch WCW. So I'm going to say Arachnid. Oh, again. (laughs) So close. No way, really? (laughs) The answer is Arachnaman. No, come on. Hailing from Web City, Arachnaman. <laughs> Can you imagine if I had gotten that? You were so close. Yeah, he basically wore Spider-Man's costume, but it was purple and yellow. <laughs> and it was actually the late great Brad Armstrong who was actually the oh, man really? behind the mat. Yeah. Oh, Julian. <sighs> it's one for four. I really thought you were going to get at least two. <laughs> Arachnaman looks like. Um... Oh, my God. What's his name? Electro. (laughs) (laughs) You were so close on both the last two. You know what? This is why, kids, if you're listening, always pick the first answer that comes to your brain when you're taking tests. All right. We're going to get to Halloween and the subject of this week's episode, your childhood favorite cartoon, 
Rocco's Modern Life. Such a great cartoon. Watching this episode, it, watching that show was refreshing because I watched when I found out that Paramount was streaming Nickelodeon stuff and old school stuff, going back and watching it to this day, still probably my favorite show ever. Well, we're going back to the uh, the early 90s, Nickelodeon. Uh, it was a different time period back then where Nickelodeon was still kind of a fledgling new network when it came to child's programming. So they were uh, willing to take a lot more risks, and their early stuff really shows. Uh, this show, Rocco's Modern Life, uh, ran on Nickelodeon from uh, 1993 to 1996. Four seasons created by a uh, Joe Murray. And fascinatingly enough, not only uh, a bunch of the people who worked on uh, SpongeBob, mm-hmm. they all came from this show, including Steve H- Hillenburg, uh, who created SpongeBob. They all worked on this show as well. Mm-hmm. Steve Hillenburg was a creative director on this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to get more into the episode later, but this is a bizarre <laughs> cartoon. I, 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 looking at it now, I'm like, I don't understand if kids could even get what was going on. <laughs> you know what's funny is. Like watching that show, when I think about what it was like being a kid, uh, I didn't look like you didn't look too deeply into like, first of all, I didn't even know what a wallaby was. Secondly, like I never thought like, why is a turtle and a cow and like, why, why is all these, why is everyone animals and why is like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just like, it never, there wasn't too much. And then like when stuff happened, like, I don't know, it was just funny you didn't read into it i read into it way more as an adult as an adult anything nickelodeon does you're just like i cannot believe this was on tv it's funny you bring that up because when i was doing my research i hadn't i feel stupid but i had no idea he was a wallaby until i started researching this episode (laughs) i only found that out when i became a teenager it was like they talked about wallabies and i was like what the fuck's a wallaby i knew at the time but now i don't know what a wallaby is again I want to say it's like a mini kangaroo or something. Kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> Did you know he's also an immigrant? I didn't know that either. What? He's a, he's from Australia. You know, yeah, I know that. So he immigrated here to, to O-Town. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I thought, I just assumed they were, This is see, this is how little a detail I pick up on. I just assumed they were in Australia in a weird town. Yeah, nobody else has an Australian accent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I clearly I watched my shows in detail. Well, like I said, Joe Murray was the creator of this. Um, he had never worked in television before this. He had originally pitched Rocco as a comic book that never got published called Travis. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that would have hit. He when he pitched this to Nickelodeon, he never he even said he's quoted in many interviews I found he never in a million years thought they would pick this up. He thought they would think he thought they thought it would be too weird and he had so little experience that he would just get some money for a pilot and then it would never go from there. Huh. But surprise, surprise, they took a chance on Rocco's modern life. I feel like at that time Nickelodeon had to do that to kind of like you just had to throw stuff against the wall to see what stuck because you had like the established cartoons of, you know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and Elmer Fudd and all these guys like these are established cartoons that are successful and they're on, you know, Cartoon Network or whatever. I think it was Cartoon Network at the time. And that was like, I think their competitor. And so I think for them to just throw shit at the wall and see what stuck uh, was probably the best plan they did because there's a lot of great shows that come out of Nickelodeon around this time. Well, I think when they got success with Ren and Stimpy being popular with children and more of a like, 15 to 25 age range mm-hmm. but they decided they took a lot more chances and a lot more stuff in the 90s because even spongebob if you look at it some of the stuff they do on there is really weird oh i know <laughs> it's completely weird it's crazy and nickelodeon's always been like that is just like a risk taker and they kind of push the envelope and kind of ride the line so to speak of what would be acceptable and what's probably like it's it's they're you have to give props Nickelodeon and the staff that like work on these shows because their joke writing is so brilliant to make kids laugh. And if an adult watches it, 
it's like a nod where you're like, I get that. You know what I mean? But kids don't know and they know that they don't know. So it's fun. It's fun for all age groups to watch. It was games animation and Joe Murray productions that we're going to work on this. Now, this is, we're going to get a little depressing here for a few seconds of the podcast. I don't know. I didn't know this. This blew my mind, but Joe Murray's wife committed suicide about a year before the first episode of Rocco's modern life. Jesus. I saw an interview with him from 2019 where he, he partially blames him getting the job at the show for her suicide. And even said that this show has to kick ass because if she killed herself over it, it better damn be worth it. Wow. So wait, she took her own life because she didn't want the show to go on. I don't know. Cause the, I, the, obviously the interview didn't want to press too much about the circumstances of what happened. But yeah, in this interview, he says he partially blames the show for her death. Uh, it's, I wonder if he became, it was one of those things crazy. where he was so obsessed with his work and just like, like wasn't home enough or wasn't spending enough time or, you know what I mean? Like when you get engulfed into something you love and it starts to affect other people, like maybe that's what it was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously uh, we're going to go back to being goofy in a minute, but <laughs> obviously she has, she had to have had other stuff going on and yeah, it's probably just, it's probably just sad because um, and he even said in this interview I found from a couple of years ago that he, as much as he's grateful for the show, he has a hard time because he can't separate that time of his life with the tragedy that happened to him as well. Yeah. But all right. Anyway, I, I, I felt it. I, it's a little, I like to keep things lighthearted, but I, I didn't, I felt we'd do the guy a disservice if we didn't talk about yeah. what had happened to this poor guy. Absolutely. Here's another little tidbit. Originally, uh, Rocco was going to be yellow. Yellow? (laughs) Thank God they didn't do that. That would have threw off. Would it? Well, okay. Would it have had the same color scheme? Well, the thing is, is, uh, he said that uh, the reason they changed it is because they they were working on a deal for a toy line. And it would be too much like another cartoon that the toy line produced. So uh-huh. they ended up going gray, and then that deal never happened, and that toy line never happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I don't know. The yellow, maybe it would work. It's hard to say without seeing it. But nope. No, it wouldn't have. <laughs> well, like I said, it I get, it, ha- it depends on what the color scheme of the rest of the settings would have been, because this is this is crazy to think about, right? If you make Rocco yellow, every character and setting in that place has to change now. All the colors have to change because he will, the, it, the colors in Rocco are so vibrant. Like nothing's just like, there's no grays. There's no like, it, there's no darkness. And so like, I think that's why SpongeBob works is because there's a bunch of blue and like green and stuff. And like, everything's just like so dark that he pops. So he stands out and that's why Rocco stands out. I feel in its current setting because his house is like orange and everything is just so like bright, bright blue sky, orange house, big, like big green grass and green fraud. Like everything's just so vibrant. And then he's dull colored. And that's why he sticks out more. I believe. I think you have to change the whole color scheme if you make him yellow. Yeah. Now that you say that thinking about the backgrounds and the color palette they use, that it would have, it would have looked like a completely different cartoon. Completely. It wouldn't have felt the same. And you know what? How you can know this is one of the characters. I want to say it's Doctor. <sighs> I always forget her name. Uh, either way, she, I believe she's yellow, and she just like doesn't. It doesn't feel like she matches. Like she doesn't look right. If that makes sense. Uh, and the show's original title was The Rocco Show. Ugh. Ugh. That would have been terrible. Now, he talks a lot about how they had a lot of creative freedom. Nickelodeon didn't really uh, come down at them or have a lot of show notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did run into some, not as much as he thought, but they did have some censorship issues. Um, For example, uh, (laughs) they had some issues with the implied (laughs) occupation of Rocco. (laughs) What was his occupation again? 
It's very implied that he works at a sex hotline. Yes. Yes, he does. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember that because they talk about it in one of the episodes uh, for that show. And he just he goes, I remember, dude, this line sticks in my head for my whole life. Because there is one episode where he's on the phone and he just goes, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. And that's like his way of like sex talking on the phone. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, supposedly in one episode, there's a sign in the background that says, it's like the employee motto and it says, be hot, be naughty, be courteous. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's totally right. <laughs> Man, dude, like that's, that's yanking some memories and, uh, it's crazy to me that I watched that as a kid and I could tell you, cause I remember like a lot of people I feel like have, I always say like uh, the movie hook, everyone has like grown up peanut pan syndrome and they forget what it's like to be a kid. I like, I literally can put myself in that and I knew none the wiser. Like I just watched it and I would have never known that that was a sexual innuendo or that it was some adult joke. Zero idea. I just saw a wallaby and funny jokes. The restaurant, the chewy chicken. <laughs> choky chicken. It was originally the choky chicken. Yeah, yeah. Okay. After like it aired on like one or two episodes, they had to change it to the chewy chicken. <laughs> I remember, I was going to say, I do remember an episode, a very early episode where they mentioned the choky chicken and probably because I'm sure some parent wrote in and was just like, Hey, that sounds like masturbating. Um, there's actually, I read about, there's a deleted scene that never aired where, what's his name? Uh, Heffer? Heffer? Heffer, Heffer Wolf? Heffer a attaches himself to an automatic milking machine <laughs> and like hearts are in his eyes when he attaches himself. <laughs> to the That's amazing. Nickelodeon was, I just assume that most of the writers are perverts. Like when you watch... <laughs> Any cartoon from that, like from the '90s and, and Nickelodeon, you just assume that everyone's a pervert. Well, I mean, there's been some <laughs> problems with some of the staff at Nickelodeon in the past. So uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, oh God, the fat guy from Saved by the Bell. Oh, he created like a whole bunch of the shows. Like, I I uh, I, I know who you're talking about. Had a foot fetish, apparently, but uh, anyway, we're <laughs> we'll we're move. Yeah, yeah. We're here to talk Halloween, Rocco's modern life, <laughs> and we're going back to October thirty first, nineteen ninety five. The episode "Sugar Frosted Frights." Now, I do you remember this episode? Not really. Um, I, well, sorry, I I don't remember the title, but I remember a Halloween episode. If that helps, <laughs> that would be this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I remember all of an episode. I just don't remember the title. I was too young. So, I mean, I don't know how many people, I mean, probably you, cause I feel like you pay attention to details a lot, but when I was a kid, like TV was just TV. I just enjoyed what was happening. I didn't, I didn't remember, you know, who did though? My older brother, dude's got a photographic memory, but I couldn't remember cause I never paid attention to things like titles and stuff. So I'm going to assume it's just like, face to a name i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna feel like i remember it well this was uh directed by doug lawrence written by martin olson doug lawrence and robert mcnally scully technically there were two shorts on this episode but we're only talking the halloween episode sugar frosted frights uh we're gonna do some of the voice acting and then we're gonna watch our halloween special now rocco is uh voiced by uh carlos Mencia. As a Rocky. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this name. Alzaraka, I guess is how you say it. Don't butcher his name. I, I just did. So <laughs> he uh he's a voice actor as well as done some character acting. He was James Garcia on Reno 911. Dude, there's no way that was Rocco. That's Rocco. <laughs> Oh my, I had no idea. That's crazy. He's been around that long, huh? Um, 
I don't know who that is, but apparently you're a big Reno 911. Oh, I, I, I dude, I watched Reno 911. It was like a, it's like the thing to watch when you were a teen. Like coming up in the 2000s, I just remember like after Raw, because it was on um, Spike TV. Right after Raw, it was like Reno 911, <laughs> and I would I know all the cops. Uh, like I know them from that. That's crazy. Now some of his other voice talent, he was Spyro on Spyro the Dragon. Really? He did Spyro too? Wow, we're really going down memory lane with you, aren't we? Yeah, dude, Spyro's such a good game. Now, uh, he's also Mr. Weeds on Family Guy. All right, well, I don't know how that is. <laughs> yeah, they they killed that character off in like season three, so um, uh, he owned the, the happy-go-lucky toy factory that Peter used to work at when the show uh, first started. Okay, all right. Oh, wait, I think I know who that is then. He was very effeminate um, uh, on the show. He had a mustache. I would have to see him again. I might I might know who it is, but I'd have to see it again. And, uh, he was the voice of the Chihuahua from Taco Bell. Was he really? <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, shit. That is nuts. It's crazy he did all of this, and Reno 911 is the thing most people remember him from, because I'm the same. But I guess like voice actors don't get enough credit. They don't get enough like FaceTime because it's just their voice. Well, there's a handful that everybody knows who knows anything. And then there's a lot that just their whole career is voice acting. But you, unless you really pay attention, you might not necessarily, they don't get any real fame outside of the circle. Yeah. That would have to be like, like the thing you follow. Yeah. Like most people know Frank Welker and uh, um, like Tara Strong and people like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I, that's what i mean is like if unless you're chasing this like information you're never gonna know now heifer yeah tom kenny does the voice tom kenny don't know who that is he's also the voice of spongebob squarepants yes i do know who that is that's okay hold on now i got a picture heifer's voice because uh, that would make sense he also voiced the penguin on the the cartoon the batman oh no way really he's done a bunch of voice acting i just those are two that stuck out in mind and obviously he's spongebob yeah spongebob's his most successful always wanted to try and do the laugh but i could never do it but <laughs> i can do a pretty good patrick but i can't do spongebob so. you know why you got a really deep voice oh, yeah. holy What's... i'm seeing the characters now sorry back on carlos i'm seeing the characters he did now and i didn't realize he did mr crocker I don't know who Lazio is, but I see Jonathan Weed. I understand. He did Winslow. I Jesus, he did so many good characters. Okay. So back to the other guy. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, uh, what's so great about dumb old Texas? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to, I, you know what? I probably like 10 years ago, I used to be able to get my voice higher. So I probably could have done SpongeBob, but I can't do it now. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. <laughs> and Philbert. Dude, Philbert is awesome. Voiced by, you guessed it, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> you guessed it, you said. Who the f*** is Mr. Lawrence? <laughs> well, I don't have my uh, phone handy, but I don't know why he goes by the, he, I think his name is Robert Lawrence, but for some insane reason, he goes by the professional name of Mr. <laughs> Lawrence. He probably like legit like tells people like you have to call me Mr. Lawrence or they this was probably like a nickname that was given to him like at Nickelodeon years ago and it's just like stuck. It could be like uh one of those guild like screen actors guilds sometimes when you can't have two people with the same name. Oh, that's right. Because uh like Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas, but mm-hmm. there already was a Michael Douglas, so that's why he changed Dude, his name. Dude, when so. I found that out, when I found that out, my whole world flipped upside down. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. Well, Mr. Lawrence is also the voice of Plankton. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that was Plankton. Who is probably my, well, Mr. Krabs is probably my favorite character in SpongeBob, but Plankton <laughs> is a close second. Plankton is hilarious. Mr. Krabs is, yeah, I, I like Squidward a lot, probably because I feel like I can relate to him. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to watch this 
spooky episode. Sugar Frosted Frights. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Steve, what are you watching now, you sick little monkey? Shh. I'm getting ready for Rocco. It's the world premiere of Nickelodeon's newest Nicktoon, Rocco's Modern Life. What? What in the blazes? He's a winsome little wallaby living on his own, trying to cope with everyday life with his dim-witted dog, Spunky, his best friend, Heifer, and the big heads next door. Don't miss the world premiere of Rocco's Modern Life. Sunday, September 19th on the home of Nicktoons, Nickelodeon. Set for two Halloween tales of terror. First, the real monsters go above ground for their first Halloween. Are you monsters? Of course we're not monsters. But you smell really bad. Thanks. Then Rocco and Heifer take Filbert trick-or-treating, and things get a little weird. It's the Ah! Real Monsters and Rocco's Modern Life Halloween special. Today at 11 on Fox 49. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Back and we just were scared out of our wits by Rocco's Modern Life Sugar Frosted Frights. I'm scared that I lived that whole episode in my childhood. Like, I can't believe I watched that type of cartoon as a kid. Now, I haven't seen this cartoon in a while. This is a bonkers cartoon. <laughs> you know what, dude? I, when you asked me prior and you said, Do I remember it? It's exactly as I said, face to a name. Didn't know the name. As soon as I saw the episode and I saw everything going down, I was like, I remember this episode like it was yesterday. So uh, we open with this uh, <laughs> vulture narrator. Is this a reoccurring character or is this just... <laughs> uh, no. he. I don't think you see him too often. At least I can't remember. I only remember his... I feel like that's a homage to the Tales of the Crypt <laughs> where they have like a, a guy, a scary guy... Uh, initiate the storytelling. Well, there's a lot of homage, homages. There's a lot of homages in this homage. episode, so we're gonna we're gonna get to them all. I like. I, how... I said homage, huh? Homage. <laughs> you didn't want to correct me. I said homage. <laughs> well, so you, you got me to say. <laughs> Sounded like a good word. He uh, he accidentally lights his uh, his finger on fire at first, and then he lights a candle. Dude, <laughs> it made me laugh. It got me. And then he gets scared by someone who goes boo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the guy comes in, his partner, uh, like announcing partner. Yep, and they go to the O-Town News. Yeah, so it was supposed to be, like, it's like he opens the story in this scary way, and then this news anchor guy scares him, and then they just act like it's a news segment. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting with uh, Dr. Hutchinson. Dude, that's her name. <laughs> Halloween safety tips. This was the first big laugh I got. <laughs> and I don't think this was intended, but <laughs> she's talking about safety tips for Halloween. And she has an apple with a giant pair of hedge clippers sticking right <laughs> Oh, irony. And uh, he's like, and, uh, beware of the, the hopping henchman. And then someone corrects him and says, uh, Hessian. Oh, Hessian. And he says, what the heck is a Hessian? <laughs> Dude, it made me laugh too. What the heck is a Hessian? It's because <laughs> I can't do it justice, but he has like a newscaster voice. Yeah. Says, what the heck is a Hessian? God. I mean, I was like two back-to-back things that made me laugh so hard. It's like two minutes into the, you're not even two minutes. You're like 30 seconds into the episode. So uh, we get to, it's uh, Rocco and Heifer together and, uh, Rocco is a superhero. <laughs> superhero that I think you I think once in a while you'll see it reoccur as the season goes on. His uh his logo on his chest is RRBM. So you I know, I don't I have I don't even know. 
you've been looking things up all episode. Maybe you should. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it though. I love how it's weird because most people would just wear the costume and wear like a muscle suit. I remember. He's... It's really real. It, hold on, sorry. It's really really big man. That was the superhero. <laughs> His name was really really big man. Really really big man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's dude exactly that voice. They would always like announce him and be like, "It's really really big man." It's like inflatable, but above his head. So like Rocco's head is at the chest level. Yeah. And uh, Heifer is the happy Hessian who's just, he's basically painted a glow-in-the-dark jack-o'-lantern on his stomach. Letty makes talk by moving his fat. They go to Filbert's house who has got like all these signs, there's no candy, go away. <laughs> like no trick-or-treating, but they, they go anyway. And he's hiding under a sheet. And when they pull him off, they're they're flipping out because he's got no head. <laughs> and then they're like, oh wait, he's a turtle. <laughs> Which was funny. I don't know why that was funny, but I actually thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Weird camera shot where Heifer sticks his head in the thing and he bites him. Dude, <laughs> dude, when he was eye to eye with him, I <laughs> lost that. Uh that made me laugh as well. I the that cut was really good. Now, weird bit where he shakes him <laughs> and his turtle shell basically becomes the magic eight ball, <laughs> which I was like, dude, I, I didn't even think kids in 1995 even knew what the magic eight ball was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wanted one so badly. I wanted one so badly. When I saw one at a kid's house and I was like, this thing is awesome. I want one. Of course, never got one. But yeah, we all knew. But actually, now that I think about it, in the original Toy Story, Woody has one, mm -hmm. and he says, uh, "Will Andy pick me?" And it says, "Don't count on." It. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually Toy Story. I think is where I first saw one and was like, "I want one." And then I saw one in person. To this day, if I see one in a store, I'll ask it a question. Uh, so he explains that he doesn't like Halloween. We flashes back to a kid where he used to stay with his crazy aunt Gretchen. <laughs> I was so confused when it appeared on screen until they explained the backstory. <laughs> well, I thought it was hilarious that they said it and then nothing happened. And then they stared at the screen, all three of them, and then said it again. It was the most awkward delivery. And I, because of the awkwardness, it was funny. She never left. She was a turtle that was raised in an aquarium <laughs> and she never left. So she's like standing, but still in the aquarium. And she's apparently like 14 feet tall. She's like almost bursting at the seams, but her feet aren't in the aquarium. Those actually out. No, she just, just her, the rest of her body. And she tells young Filbert how she hates Halloween and candy is poison. And if you eat a single piece of candy, the hopping Hessian will take you away. Scary enough. I was enough to scare Filbert. But they managed to drag him out where he's still wearing the sheet like a ghost, but with a lampshade on his head for some <laughs> reason I can't figure out. Uh, I think it, I don't know. It just, I think it fell on his head and they just never took it off. And then <laughs> we got <laughs> the next huge laugh out of me, almost my classic coughing laugh. <laughs> It's such a stupid joke, but I, it, it shouldn't have made me laugh. But <laughs> That's why it made you laugh. They go to the, the first house to get candy, and the woman's all nice. And then she's like, wait a minute. You've been here already. I'm not giving you any more candy. <laughs> Which, <laughs> dude, this made me laugh, too. Rocco is, like, denying it emphatically. I've never been here. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and we flash <laughs> to someone wearing... A giant inflatable Rocco costume. <laughs> Where it looks just like his really, really big man costume, except it's Rocco. I laughed so hard. Oh, man. Because the joke is so stupid. Why is he wearing a Rocco? That's what I said. I was like, is Rocco famous? Why is, what made him go to the store and go, I need to be this wallaby? But uh, finally, they get some, and Filbert eats his first piece of candy. 
and he goes insane. <laughs> then the weirdness starts. Then the innuendos come in. All sorts of weird stuff's going on. Like uh, they go to a house where she gives away pennies, and that makes him lose his mind and break into a house. <laughs> are you insane? Oh yeah, pennies. Are you? He at one point he, he gets a, a whole bag of sugar, <laughs> and he's literally just <laughs> yep dumping it into his mouth. Just just pouring sugar like a waterfall uh, into his mouth because he can't get enough sugar. This is the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that Filbert has ever apparently tried any piece of sugar or candy because you have to assume he's never had candy, sugar, or any kind of sweets up until this point because he does not know how to handle it. And he he goes he goes off the deep end, to say the least. He at one point calls Rocco Poodle Boy. <laughs> I don't even know uh, what that means, <laughs> but it made me laugh. I think I laughed because it made they, they didn't even make sense to me. The first homage is a Fantasia homage where he's on that big mountain and he turns into the devil mm-hmm. from Fantasia. Crazy because this will annoy you. The only reason why I knew that was a Fantasia reference now is because I played a game called Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Before that, never seen Fantasia. Well, uh, it's not, it's got a classic, uh, I don't think it's that great of a movie. It's just more of known as a classic because of when it came out and the stuff they did. The animation yeah. is really good, but I don't, I don't think it's that great. Of, I don't think it's Disney's best work. Yeah. So they end up, <laughs> this I was very confused by, maybe you can clear it up where they're, they go over the bridge and where you're not supposed to go past the old abandoned photo hut. <laughs> it's just a landmark. Like the, there's the photo hut and then because they don't really touch upon like why this this ghost figure like I think it's just supposed to be a landmark. Like you don't go past, I don't know, the 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 sign that says this or something like that like just i think it's supposed to just be a landmark i don't think it actually has anything there is foreshadowing to it towards the end of the episode i think that foreshadows the end of the episode but there's no like rhyme or reason behind it now anybody listening who was born in the 21st century do do they even know what a photo hut is (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i know what a photo booth is i think photo booths existed when i was a kid uh i mean i never used them but if you young kids out there there used to be these things called cameras (laughs) you took a picture and then you went you had to get your film developed you couldn't see the picture instantly like now it wasn't on your phone it's crazy it's crazy to think about. Like I remember my mom going in with these bags and just dropping off film. I'm just like, "We'll get that in a week." It's like, it's, it's mind boggling that you don't have to do that now. And then it'd be like one hour photo. They'll develop your pictures <laughs> in an hour, <laughs> which was like a revolutionary. Was that that Norm Macdonald bit? You know, you took a picture with one of those old uh, cameras as opposed to on your phone. <laughs> Back then, if you try to take a picture with your phone, people would think you're crazy. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I wish Norm MacDonald was still alive. He's so funny. You know, in 100 years from now, people are going to say, hey, you want to see 100,000 pictures of your grandma? <laughs> <laughs> so they, he, they finally catch up with him at the, the cemetery where he's gnawing on a gravestone. Mm-hmm. Because... He's in a hallucination at this point, and everything he sees, this is what I was talking about. Like, this is the innuendo. He's essentially on an acid trip right now. Yes, that's what I would say. And he is, everything is candy to him. All he wants is candy. He's, his eyes are, like, hypnotized, and he just he's trying to get everything, and he just wants to eat nothing but sugar and candy. And so everything he sees, every inanimate object, is candy. And the reason why he is eating this uh, gravestone is because he thinks it's a chocolate bar. So it's like, maybe this is another homage to those old Tootsie Roll commercials. Hmm. I don't know if you're old enough to remember those. I, 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 I don't know. I've never seen them. You know where they go, whatever it is I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. <laughs> and then like the, tra- uh, I, the, 
the train is a Tootsie Roll and this is a Tootsie Roll. And- I've never seen a Tootsie Roll commercial a day in my life. Now that you just said that, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Well, he finally comes down and they're going to walk him back past the photo booth. And he says how he's never going to eat sugar again. That is the sugar crash. On the horizon, you see the silhouette of the Hoppin' Hessian. <laughs> because they passed the photo hut. He chases them. And now we get our uh, adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, uh, Amos, mm-hmm. where they make it to the bridge. And instead of throwing the pumpkin, the headless horseman, he throws his leg. Yep. That's why he hops, because he only has one leg. He carries the other leg. The other leg is a solid. The other the other leg is not a ghost. No, this is a not. solid human leg. By or not human, I don't know what he is, but uh this is a solid leg. The rest of him is a green silhouette ghost. So we get the final shot of Filbert's glasses that have been broken from the from the leg and everything fades to black and we fast forward to Halloween a year later. Uh then we get a, yet another homage where he opens his windows and we get the Christmas Carol bit. You, yeah. you, you young man, what day is today? <laughs> That's true. That, that was a homage to that. It's, it's, like, uh, it's Halloween, Halloween for Pete's sake. Pete's sake. Pete's sake used twice, by the way, in this episode. Actually, I think three times. Have you ever, when it's not for a TikTok or a scavenger hunt video, ever been asked what year it is or what day it is like no it happens all times in movies and shows (laughs) all the time i've never once been asked what year is it i know they've done the stupid tiktok videos where you ask some stranger and then ha 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 you act like you're from the future but is Uh, it (laughs) is it ever 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 happened in real life no it's a it's it's not an event that takes place probably ever (laughs) We got this really strange epilogue where Filbert goes to <laughs> Rocco's house and Rocco, Heifer, the Hopping Hessian, and the leg are all there watching slides from last house. The fact the leg had a face, the foot had a face, I was like, what? And he, what? <laughs> and they don't even really, they're not really all that uh, old friends. They don't know each other that well. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the foot claims that the hessian is not really his friend he helped him you say he helped him move once yes i think that's what he said i was like all right it's a weird weird take and then one of the the slides uh heifer's gonna <laughs> he's gonna moon the camera <laughs> <laughs> like he's got the bit where his ass to the camera and he's starting to pull the pants down yeah and rocco even makes a comment <laughs> The at this time, Filbert is uh, panicking because he's not understanding how a year ago they ran from this ghost and now they're just hanging out with him. And they're all going to leave to go out for trick or treats. And then Filbert says, terrified. Oh, my Lord. Who took these pictures? <laughs> it was the photo hut. And they all look dun dun dun. Because <laughs> they're all in the picture. Who could have taken that? It was the photo hut. Is that's the foreshadowing. And we end Sugar Frosted Frights. <laughs> what I got out of this episode was it was trying to teach kids that sugar can be great, but it's gonna make you crash. As an adult, you're like, that's an acid trip. That's exactly what that is. That's what makes you see things and float through the air and leave Earth for a little while with some humor mixed in. I thought it was a good episode. I, Dude, Rocco is such a good show. It's just like, it's funny and it's wild and it's like got a good color palette. I don't know. Just everything about it is great. Characters are, are great. Well... First of all, really, really bonkers. Like, like, a lot of it is just odd stuff, which I think actually contributes to making me laugh. <laughs> but it makes me think of why sometimes I like these cartoons more than some of these uh, quote-unquote adult stuff, because 
they can't rely on gross out toilet humor and stuff like that. They actually have to be clever with their stuff. Yeah. And they're actually funnier. I've never understood why things that are adult oriented are always like more low brow that like a sixth grader would find funny. <laughs> yeah. More than actual adults. <laughs> uh, I don't. That is a, a bizarre. I mean, you watch some of this crap like friggin' Big Mouth and even like Rick and Morty sometimes. Like, yeah, the humor to me is just so so lowest common denominator. It's like it's like toilet humor. It's just like I don't know. It's just not. It's not well. I wouldn't say well thought because that would be discrediting them. But like, it just doesn't feel. I don't know. It just doesn't. Fe- I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like some of the humor is just so like, all right. It's like cringy is what kids say today. It's like it's cringy sometimes, but then when you watch stuff like this, it's hilarious. Like I thought some of this stuff generally made me laugh out loud. Like yeah, that bit yeah. with the inflatable, <laughs> with the inflatable <laughs> costume, <laughs> the, the 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 newscaster. I mean, those bits. I was legit laughing out loud. <laughs> What's a Hessian? Egg is a Hessian. It's so confused. Uh, cartoon humor, dude. Like, even if you watch, like, li- I, honestly, you could probably watch any Nickelodeon cartoon, and you'll you'll laugh genuinely laugh. Versus watching, like, I don't know, people watch Rick and Morty and all these other like New Age cartoons. It just eh. like even like as funny as it is, even something like South Park, which is just like toilet humor essentially it's just like eh, meh doesn't hit the weight same way that Rocco and all these other shows hit well before we get into our official review I mean do you consider this show like a time capsule does this take you back to a simple time of your life absolutely literally watching it it's crazy because like as the episode was happening, like I could envision my bedroom. I used to share a room with my younger brother. I, I envisioned both of our beds because we used to have them on the floor with no bed frames. I could picture all my wrestling pictures all over, taped all over the wall, and my Sega Genesis lit sitting on the you know next to my TV, and like all the I, I could just at the tube TV. It was sitting on top of a dresser. I I literally. Like yesterday, I can picture it. As that episode was happening, I just pictured being in that room again. And I was like, man, I, I want to go back to being a kid. Well, I think, you know, everyone always says, oh, things were better in my day and entertainment was better in my day. I think really what it is, is it's just, it's not that it was better, but it takes everyone back to a, a simpler, funner time in their life, you know, when you didn't have <laughs> all the worries of adulthood. I think that that, mixed with when you're a kid and this is why people always say like i I don't want to bring all this up because this is what we try to get away from when we do these things but when you think about racism when you think about people hating on the gay the straight the this the that the your politics whatever all of this stuff is taught when you're a kid you never like you don't put time into judging shows and the world and life you just enjoy what comes at you. And so I agree with you where when you watch stuff like this, when you watch nostalgic things, it's like it gives you a sense of a easier time, a, a more fun time, and a time where you didn't pass judgment on whether something was like, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have this deep, detailed you breakdown. You overthink of, it, basically. Yeah, you didn't overthink anything. You just enjoyed it. You just enjoyed it. But now, even if I watch a simple movie today, I overanalyze it ad nauseum. And for that reason, I can't enjoy it. I just watched a movie. I guarantee if I'd watched this movie as a kid, I probably would have enjoyed it. But I watched a movie, uh, a horror movie last night called No One Can Save You. And it was awful. <laughs> as a, <laughs> Terrible. Terrible movie as an adult. As a kid. Probably would have been like that was a scary movie, but that's I think that's why we as uh, as as humans visit our nostalgic pasts because or get nostalgia from visiting our past because it just not only does it remind you of a time where you didn't have to worry and you didn't have to think, but like you could just enjoy life as it came at you. 
without any preconceived notion of an agenda or some sorrow to come or sadness or disappointment. Just, it was all happy. It was happy all the time. Well, not to get too philosophical. Uh, part of the reason I do this show is just, it's, I sit down with someone, have a fun time, not thinking about all the, <laughs> all the heartaches and horrible stuff going on. You know, it's just simple fun. That's why I used to stream. That's why I love streaming. I'm sad I don't do it anymore because that was one of my escapes too. I mean, I go to the gym and stuff now too. So I do have things that get me around it, but I agree with you. Having an outlet can help you forget all the stressful things and the sadness going on in life, but let's not bring it down. Let's end it on a high note. All right, let's go to the spectrometer. the show spectrometer we rank we saw zero spectros garbage four spectros being it just doesn't get any better than this julian how are you gonna i have a feeling i know but what are you gonna rank rocco's modern life sugar frosted frights truthfully i'm gonna rank it a four easily uh i can watch rocco for that like i i'm i haven't revisited this in a while because when like i said when paramount first came out I touched upon it. I watched a few and then I got away from it. I might actually just go through and watch seasons one through. I think there's four in there seasons one through four. Um, Rocco's modern life was literally my favorite cartoon as a kid. It was the only cart that Doug, Doug, I loved watching too, but Rocco's modern life was like my number one. Uh, And watching this, like the jokes are great. The animations are great. The huge, like the, the the smarts behind the writing is just hands down amazing show uh so it's it's absolutely a four spectros for me sir well it's gonna be a rare incident it doesn't happen often but both me and my guests we're both going four spectros this, nice i can't find I, I i really thought like when i enjoy something a lot i try and think is there any little thing that would not make it four and i'm there's nothing in four it's entertaining Made me laugh genuinely. It wasn't too long, so you don't get bored of it. The animation might not be like everybody's cup of tea, but it's nothing. It's a style they're going for, so it works for the show. It, I would go out and say, adult or kid, go out and watch Rocco's Modern Life. If they're all as funny as this, I recommend the cartoon. I really enjoyed it. It's so good. It's probably yeah, like it's it's it is easily my favorite cartoon. I ever came up like I ever watched. And it's funny that you talk about the time frame. I was thinking about this as I watched the episode because it started to go into the next one. And my first thought was as the episode ended, my brain said, I want more. It's like the, the amount of time, it's such a short amount of time that you watch the episode by the time the first one ends, my brain says, I want another one. So I remember being a kid having that same feeling and being like, once the episode ended and once the thing ended and it was like new show coming on, my brain was like, no, I want more. I want to watch Rocco more. And it's like, so that the time frame is perfect. Perfect. Well, what did you think out there? Did you like it as much as we did? Did you like it less? Let me know. If you didn't like it as much as we did, that's okay. Just two guys having our opinion. Uh, I can't imagine you, 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 you must be pretty soulless to not enjoy this, but I suppose anything's possible. Go to, uh, my social media and tell me what you think. You can find me at Matt Spectra on Twitter. Follow me while you're there on Facebook. You can find me at Matt Spectra through the multiverse. Give me a follow. You can even find me on Hive. I'm at Matt Spectro, all lowercase letters. Julian, what do you think? Uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for uh, sharing uh, your Halloween season with us. My pleasure. Uh, Halloween is my favorite holiday. Uh, I can say it. Halloween is my all-time favorite holiday. I would say probably Christmas comes next, but this is the most fun holiday because there's no, if you think about Halloween, there's no pressure, right? Thanksgiving, there's pressure to get a dinner ready and get together, and there's a whole deal. Christmas, it's buying gifts, get together. Easter, same thing. Uh valentine's day same thing what other holidays are there everything is so pressured halloween has no pressure it's literally 
just about having fun, wearing costumes, dressing up, seeing scary, hearing scary stories, seeing haunted houses. It's just a fun holiday and you get to eat a ton of chocolate. So, uh, I'm glad I got to spend it with my, my buddy Tarzan. Let me ask you, would your, uh, would your stepdaughter uh, sit down and watch Rocco with you? You know what? I think she would. Really? If I, if I, yeah, because she loves SpongeBob and she likes cartoons. I mean, not so much now she's becoming a teenager. She's 15. She's going to be 16 soon. Um, so I don't know because she doesn't watch a lot of TV either. Uh, in general, she's either YouTube or YouTube. If she has TV on, it's like when she's going to bed, but mostly she plays on TikTok anyway. But I bet if we were like in the living room and like chilling and I just had Rocco on, she'd pay attention. All right. Uh, so I want to thank everyone for joining us on my podcast as well. If uh, you could uh, subscribe to the podcast, I really appreciate it. Give me a five-star review and share it. I always appreciate it as well. I have a guest every episode. So if you're a comic or cartoon fan and you'd like to come on the show, hit me up on one of the uh, social media apps and uh, we'll see if we can make things happen. Until then... Have some fun with the ghosts and ghouls, with the tricks or treats. Don't be too scared. Be safe out there. And everybody have a happy, happy Halloween. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of Matt Spectro. Through the multiverse, everyone. Excelsior.